Hello, hello everybody and welcome back to the LGL Officially Unofficial Podcast Season 2, Episode 31, Mars Swan, joined by Initialize. I think I'm going the right way in the middle. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm here, wherever really I may be. Nightmare is just letting me fl fondle yep. around, so I'm going to go the other side and I'm going to go Nightmare! That's me! Even though I'm not in the middle, you're on the far side yes. of this side or this side. It's that one. You you got to write that one. That's good. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Even though we are quite spatially quite confused today, we're not confused about League of Legends. We're never confused about League of Legends. Except when very strange things get locked in and we have to watch the games again. Um, but hey, that's that's only occasionally. Welcome everybody to the LGLOU podcast. Gentlemen, I missed you last week. I, while I had we a banger you. with Joshi and Melvin, it, it wasn't the same. Oh, I can see why that'd be a problem. Sounds like the <laughs> podcast itself was exceptional. Like, I, I enjoyed listening back to what I've been able to listen back. Obviously, at the time, it was a bit tricky because we were down in Cornwall and doing things like, mm. you know, you know, being on holiday. So that there was there was less consumption of, of social media involved. But uh, I'm looking forward to catching the other half of the podcast episode that I've, I've yet to fully listen through. How was your holiday, gentlemen? I mean, like, I, as always, are we now like, how have you been? How was your holiday? It was needed, very much needed, because uh, I was very blessed actually over this weekend to have a quarterfinals EU Masters cast. Um, well done, by the way, on that broadcast. Just, just to be completely okay. transparent, I was only expecting and was only asked to do initially one day in groups, and then I got another one and then a quarterfinals. So, like, I kind of like emotionally prepared myself to do one, put everything into it. <laughs> And then, like, these other two came up, I'm like, oh, bloody hell. I best really start getting at that. And it was wonderful, a really good experience. But, like, I needed that holiday beforehand because I think if I'd gone into that without a decent break, I would have, like, burned out even worse than I have done right now. Full um, LGL vibes, your spirit yeah. would have been trying to escape your yes. body. <laughs> However, what is helping with that, because this is, like, my other piece of really important news, um, I am officially now a full-time caster. I have... Um, <laughs> I've taken a year out of uni, I've done the paperwork, and I'm going to be looking for full-time casting positions. Let's come go. into the next split and any opportunities off over off seasons. So this is like a really kind of crazy exciting time for me because um, it is terrifying going freelance full-time because uh, there is no stability. You are your own stability, and when you're first Hello, starting welcome. out, it's very difficult. So that's kind of been my whirlwind of the last week. Um, E-Masters quarterfinals, going full-time, come back off holiday. Uh, eventful, to say the least. Better say. What about you, Sam? Obviously, you've had just as much of an, an amazing holiday. You posted Good lovely luck. photos. 1-0 up is, was the meme, so I, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what it's referenced to. It's just 1-0, and I'm like, yep, yep. all right. Sibling rivalry. I'm up in it. Sibling rivalry. Of course. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. We'll, we'll call it even. <laughs> On your end, maybe. How are you doing, Sam? What have you yeah. been up to? How are you feeling, uh, buddy? Been on, been on holiday. <laughs> obviously, I'm in a pretty similar position to Al. Obviously, we're coming into the off-season. I think we're both looking for more of those casting gigs. Please, someone pay us to do. Hire these job. gentlemen. Fuck's yeah, sake. Well, well, I promise. Uh, should... right, hire us. Look at the amazing team we are. People should really start considering hosting as a full-time position as well and start hiring for that, because this, this guy's really good. If, if, <laughs> if only. If only. 
yeah, yeah. aside from that, it's pretty good. I've uh, I've got I've got myself a date this evening, which I'm quite excited for. So looking forward to that. And uh, otherwise, what's the outfit? What outfit are you going to be I'm, wearing? I'm, I'm still working that one out. Actually, it's not going to. What be you're it. saying to me right here, Sam, is you didn't think about it till I just no, said it. I, I have actually been thinking about it, but I've got to see whether the, the, the shirt <laughs> I'm considering is is actually in a fit state to be worn. I was like, oh, that's a great shirt. Is it actually, I was like, because I've not worn it in ages, like, is it actually oh. hanging up and looking okay? Or is it, like, folded up somewhere? And I need oh, to wire it. Like, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, you're like, I haven't looked else. at this shirt for, like, two years. Hmm. Well, <laughs> in, about, in about three months, I've not really had that many opportunities to wear a shirt, so. I mean, sir, I've literally got some clothing I've not worn for about 12, th 13 months, months at this point. And I'm like, man, maybe I'll one, maybe I'll one day wear that hoodie again. One thing Who I'm going to do over off-season is I might need to enlist your help for this, Lexi, because you're the most fashionable of us. I need to get myself some more broadcast-appropriate wear. As I sit here in my very over <laughs> overdone freezer pajama hoodie with my, with my joggers Lexi, on and everything. I'm, I'm wearing a graphic tee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got something that could redeem me. I'm wearing Saint Laurent, whatever the fuck underneath. I don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> it's freezer time. Let's go, LJL. <sighs> Oof. Outside of that, gentlemen, um, my weekend and week has mostly been. So I played some poker. Um, good. Bad beats were had. Felt good. Felt good. Um, but I've been rallying up a bunch and winning a bunch uh, just practice-wise. Mm. So you always feel good when your practice goes well. When the real thing doesn't work out, eh, it's what it is, it, what it is. But I had a bunch of time. Went to the uh, Aspers Casino in London for an, uh, an evening play. Yeah, got caught with my pants down when I was trying to bluff a guy. And then um, had to go all in. And someone hit literally the nuts on me Ouch. on the first three. Ouch. So, I mean, I just kind of was like, I'm ahead. And I'm dead. <laughs> All right, let's let's just go off. Like I'm not even going to be mad about that. Um, other than that, um, been doing a bit of writing for my Road ninety six um, game video that I want to do. Uh, been doing some stuff with LGLOU, obviously in the back end with the three of us getting stuff sorted, looking towards the future of the the podcast, the broadcast, as well as what we're thinking about doing for Worlds. Nothing to announce yet, ladies and gentlemen, but we've we've got that train going. We're still waiting to hear when World playing draws are going to happen. And of course, that's important because obviously Sam and I haven't been on podcasts. For, well, we weren't on last week, we were on the week before. So we haven't talked about semis and finals, but we kind of did that last time. We will stop in on that, but it's more important for this context to say, we can't really do a full Worlds preview episode today, because we don't know the groups. We can talk about oh. some stuff, not mm. all of it. If you want to ask any more in-depth questions, there is a chat on the side of this channel you can go to. Yeah. There is a Discord channel for this as well. But like, we're not aiming to do like a full Worlds recap, uh, like preview episode today to just jump on top of that if you are watching this podcast on youtube like comment and subscribe i want to yeah. know who you think will be in that group with dfm and how badly will dfm destroy their hopes and dreams of worlds i'm thinking pretty badly but that's up to you <laughs> to oh, no, 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 no. i, pre I pressed, uh, pressed the wrong button <laughs> outside of that go on itunes five stars no stars review us whatever if you do review us we'll give you a shout out haven't got a review. We just got rated five stars, though. So we're, we're getting more reviews. People are yep. clicking those five stars. Well, they're, like just, they're just not saying anything, which that's, is that's okay. half of the job. You get, yeah, half, you job. get, you get one thumbs up. Not like, the both that's, of like, them. that's an important half of the job. So It know, is. Thank you for that. True, true. 
But with that said, gentlemen, I don't really have much more to say. Um, Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've played a... Oh, God, I do have one thing I should oh, yeah. probably announce. Um, <clears throat> Nymera, yes. I come to you. Mm -hmm. Father, for, yes, forgive son. me, for I yes, have sinned. Child. What have you done, my child? I've played over 30 games of Yumi. Destroy your account. Burn it. Leave it in the ashes. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing it's not the Moss One account. That's it's the Lexi account. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the I, Lexi account. It's the Lexi account. Yeah, there's your there's your solo podcast name. <laughs> the Lexi account. Actually, that yeah. you know what? That's actually not terrible. Unless it's I'm like, like a, and then you can have like a crime spin-off called the Lexi Files, where you go and solve like solo key related murders. <laughs> You're giving okay, me content for this off-season, sir. Like, this is this is content. There's still that 60 is. days to the end of the season. I'm happy to do some voiceover work for you. Day okay. 33 in the Lexi files. And Lexi's still trying to figure out who is murdered. This Yumi. <laughs> Yumi got me all the way almost to Silver 1 at this point from Silver 4 in like two in like four days. Love to hear it. Five days? I don't know. I also occasionally pull up the Thresh, and I've still got mm. like a 675 win rate with the Thresh, so I don't try and abuse the Thresh too much, because Thresh giveth and taketh. Yeah. Um, yes. But with that said, gentlemen, let's get into this podcast. Uh, and as Nymera has already mentioned, got questions for us? Twitch. We got Twitter accounts. Add us. Mm -hmm. Or you can just add the OJLOU account, or go into that Discord, because this is going to be a far more chatty episode in general. <laughs> Um, gentlemen, first thing to come over to you, because one of the most important mm -hmm. things that you guys weren't around for, and I live tweeted, um, at least the Sonar Appreciation post, what were your thoughts on the Pentakill album and the show, if you've had the chance to go back and listen or watch it, or just even your, your thoughts on it? Okay, so I didn't watch it live. I'll say that first, because uh, <laughs> we were doing stuff, holiday stuff, so I didn't get to watch mm. it live. From what I've seen from the clips and from what I briefly saw on people live-tweeting it and stuff like that, um, if- Oh my god, it's so cheesy, and the animations are so bad. You've not really interacted with Power Metal much before, have you, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> like, like it was, I have to it was, say, it was from what I saw, like, so, one of the things about Pentakill is that, um, to make metal accessible, towards a large mm. audience in the same way that you can do with with pop acts and stuff which is less abrasive in its sound and it's and it's um stuff like that you need to make it caricatured you need to make it there you go we, we're in focus again um what i saw for that video was like it was prime like megadeth era of random music videos yeah it, it, it was fun. It was lock, fun. I think that's the main life. thing. Like, it was never going to be Dragon like. It, it was like it was like Dragon Force, Megadeth, or, or something like Iron Maiden, which kind of again like caricatures itself in in, in that kind of very um, aloof way. If you get what I mean. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, as a long time metal fan myself, I agree. If I actually do, I have my thing. I have a really cool thing somewhere. I have actually. First off, I'm wearing my Deep Purple T-shirt, so I've got my classic rock there. But um, I actually have like some plectrums from some metal bands around here somewhere. But oh, yeah, cool. I'm, a, I'm a I'm a, a big old metal fan, and it's fun to see like a genre which I've loved for so long to be kind of put into another area of life which I've interacted with for so long. Yeah. I also think it was just a really cool idea for an event. Like, it was janky as hell. It was so ridiculous, but it was a lot of fun. And I think yeah. generally the reception has been quite positive, especially oh, considering the, the the theming and the context. Like, it was exactly what you what you should have expected. 
Um, so I mean, there's, there's, there's a giant Mordekaiser that converts to Viego's side before being reminded that the Master of Metal bows to no man, and then they chase Viego on a flying platform around the world, and yep. finally Mordekaiser punches him in the face, and they just spend, like, a good 30 seconds zooming in on the dead, on, like, Viego's knocked-out body, like, GTA <laughs> wasted style. <laughs> <laughs> So it's brilliant. It's utterly ridiculous, but it's brilliant. So this has no patterning on it anymore. It is just a plain base pick. But when Sam and I went to our first gig when I was 12, 13, um, we went to go see Deep Purple in Nottingham and our dad took us to see those. So Deep Purple, Thin Lizzy and Sticks. And this is Deep Purple's basis picks. That's Roger Glover's base pick. So I've, uh, yeah, little, little Alex is uh, always very happy to in interact with all this metal, yeah. metal gubbins. It was great. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic, really. Yeah. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I've, I've definitely had some disagreements with conversations between other, pe uh, other mm. people because they're like, yeah, but like, it looked kind of shit. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it was, it, it was, <laughs> I was like, what are you comparing this to? Because the only thing I think that would be a fair comparison would be some of that IRL stuff they've done in Fortnite. Like, you oh, know, where or, you can run around. Or, or, yeah, what was the, remember true. the KDA more AR put in for that World Finals? They didn't go down well, remember? Like, they were, no. uh, they were not well managed in the live show. So I, mean, I think I, you can still that. get the random. You still see random screenshots of Evelyn in the many different faces or Ari faces. I mean, the thing is, the original AR models from 2018 were pretty okay. Mm. Um, yeah. But I think obviously with the, the way that Worlds was a little bit sort of in a difficult position with COVID restrictions, I, you know, I, I understand why they're a bit janky. But I actually think this one, considering it was all being mocapped live a lot of it, was really, really cool. And actually the facial animations in terms of tracking the mouth and stuff oh, were pretty cool. on point. Um, yes, yes, some of the graphic and like the textures were a little bit sort of like, it felt like it was brutal legend. Yes. Good game, though. Uh, Good game is, if you're going to rip anything. Is, that game is like literally this. Um, and, and I loved it. And the fact is, actually, that the character models were pretty okay considering that. And I actually think I like things like tracking the guitarists as they were, like Mordecai as he was doing the solos and stuff, was pretty on point as well. So, yes, it was a little bit janky. Yes, it wasn't exactly true to life, but it wasn't all bespoke animations. It was all kind of being mo capped at the time. I think it was a brilliant it's, idea. And especially um, considering the the theming I, I think a little bit of jank is more than acceptable and right continually do this stuff and it's free so like what are you like you're, you're complaining about getting free music and free music videos in an experience i i don't know i really liked it i had a, a great time doing a sona appreciation posts about any time sona was on screen because my girl only got like a few seconds on screen before it immediately <laughs> cut over to another member so i was like no must charge the queen but Did I you thought just it was Sona great. fan cam? You just Pentacle Sona fan camped. Oh my god, I should have changed my name for a period of time for yeah. that. Oh, I missed it. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. Oh. She might be one of my favorite champions in League, ladies and gentlemen. I, don't I like the quite... Pentacle Sona skins. It's cool. The, the it's Rock so Shake good. vibes are cool. I like it. I've got a. I've now got. I've just. Re I met because the skins are now out. I'm like, okay, now I have another skin to buy. Yes, Riot. Okay. Yes, 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 Riot. I'm here for another Ari skin. <laughs> I, I'm just very glad they gave me the pot, um, the <clears throat> ultimate one for free, and I didn't have to buy that one because oh, I nice. rerolled it. I got cool. super lucky nice. on it. Um, GG. But that's that was it. Cool. So we're all pretty positive on the Pentakill stuff. Go watch it yeah, or yeah. listen to it if you haven't. It's oh, a sick. Well. 
Sick album, yeah. Mm. Really sick. I've, I've had it on once or twice just in the background. and it's, I didn't it's expect Lightbringer to, to. to sound as good acoustically as it did. Um, mm. I think that... Oh, I've not listened to the acoustic. On on the whole, um, I think if a song... Like, a song doesn't always have to sound acoustic, sound well acoustic to be a good song, but you know a song is good if it sounds good, if you can play it all amped up, and then also strip it down and it's got the kit, the core elements, which you can then make into a good um, sure. acoustic song. I think, like, a really good example of this was, like... Uh, if we're going back to really early 2000s edgy stuff, Dario Jane by Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, like, it, it works in both forms. You can kind of see how zombie. it's... It, uh, zombie? Oh, yeah. zombie, yeah. So, I like, know that one. So actually, like, the acoustic like, Lightbringer was pretty good, actually. And I rarely think that power metal stuff is that transferable because it has to have that pomp and glamour a lot of the time. So that was, that was actually quite a nice surprise. I, hmm. I thought that was pulled off pretty well. Cool. So, go do it. Panic kill. Good shit. Uh, Riot is one of the best music labels out there Legit. that occasionally make um, video games. Uh, yeah. We're still waiting on like multiple more games. Uh, mm -hmm. Gentlemen, we've not really talked about this, and I didn't put it in the show notes, but it just sure. popped into my head because okay. we've been talking about Viego and everything. What's our thoughts on the Ruined King now that that whole storyline, at least in League of Legends law wise is finished now there is a full game we must put this, that um... out there there's a full um... game coming out which is going to be covering everything there's a fighting game which apparently is gonna maybe like no actually no the fighting game has nothing to do just pretend i didn't even say that that's the dungeon we know there's a thing which game. might have a thing with it yeah so there is a rant coming not in this podcast okay but there is a rant about riot and their inability to do law in game that i there's a lot of rage and a lot of professional frustration, Ooh. considering that was kind of my previous aim was narrative design stuff. So not well impressed by how they implement a lot of the base game lore of the ranking. Now, when the game comes out, I'm hoping for better stuff. Mm. That said, I actually think Pentakill Viego had a wonderful bit of lore. Like you go listen to what you go back through the Twitter account of Riot Games Music and you go listen to his voiceovers of everything and this incredible ridiculous lore of dissonance and all the, the various gods of metal and this sort of giant macabre gothic churches to Pentakill who are the gods chosen few who represent everything. Like Viego in that is wonderful. Really good story and I think that's a bet and again it falls into this problem where Riot Games are fantastic at doing lore for individual skin lines where the scope is a lot narrower, where they can focus on a few chances yeah. of their interactions and not worry about character consistency and law consistency. So just a, looking at chat, actually, I think that's a very good point, which backs up what you're saying. So Vasu, who is a person who I know who pops into my stream and through a couple of mutual discord servers, um, so that they try too much what they did. Do you think they tried to emulate too much what they did in spirit bonds? And this kind of goes onto the whole, oh, it's easier to do this in a more self-contained skin line or something like that. Did that, did they try and apply that to the larger setting and fail because of like the the the, the self-containedness kind of not being there? So, in in theory, no. In practice, what they do is try to like because I actually think the system is a really cool system and they shouldn't drop it. That said, if you're going to do a kind of visual novel story beats kind of style of thing you needed to not follow the same thematic style as Spirit Blossom in terms of just random beats of humour uh, from random characters in their... Uh, 
in their kind of base skin lines really didn't work. I think they needed to strike a different tone, uh, at least with some of it. And I also think that the if you're going to do it story beat style, it needs to be a lot more inventive than, oh, we've stumbled into a new fragment of Isolde in a random location. I, think, I have Hooray, to say... Hooray, comes up and steals it. Like, you've got to be more inventive than that. So I have to say, I, I have played a fair amount of visual novels, um, particularly ones which, like, anime have then come forward from. So stuff like the Fate Stay Night novel, the original yeah. one like that, and, and a couple of others, are really good at doing dark moments. It's not a problem of the genre, so... I've had experience. I think one of the reasons I rate this so harshly is that I've had experiences with the medium, which have been better at dealing with um, subject material that is similar to what they've done. I yeah. the moment you said spirit bombs, I immediately had to Google it, and then I was like, I only had a magic card. Event, yeah. Only had a magic card in my head the whole time. Uh, that was a cyborg <laughs> card. I was like, what uh, is going uh, on? No, no. Um, I agree. I completely agree with both of you. Um, I think there's a lot of things. I'm, I am very much looking forward to your uh, rant video or, or essay or whatever you do with it, Samuel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that would be highly interesting. Um, and I, I absolutely agree with you, Alex, because I actually think, quite frankly, um, as that's apparently my word of the phrase of the week at the moment. Phrase. Um, League of Legends IRL. So if we think about the real world, that is kind of the the world of League of Legends yeah. in the traditional Earth realm, where they've got the pop star line, where Evelyn is a fangirl of Pentakill, and the whole yeah. idea of Pentakill is their shows. This is all a show of everything getting destroyed. In reality, they're just on a stage playing. You've got Nurse uh, Akali. You've got Delivery Girl Siva. And my part, like my partner and I, we were just like, man, the the lore of the the real world League of Legends is far more interesting than the actual lore of the game. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's I it, it makes more, more sense. I connect so, more with characters haven't had their lore rewritten to be different characters every other patch. Well, I mean, case, case in point, three yeah, different, yeah. Three different <laughs> yeah. lore changes. Well, I, know, I, I don't even bother with Diana or Leona now because what are the like, anymore? No, oh, just, oh, who's the Darkin? <laughs> Oh, what's happening with the um? All I like, I I do like Darkens how the Yordles yeah. haven't been touched, but we don't know anything about the Yordles really. Well, they never That's had Lord to begin with. <laughs> uh, neither does the Void. Like that, oh God. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Oh, I'm glad we. I'm glad we had the brief conversation about this, gentlemen. We do have to start talking about League Esports because we, we are a we League do. Esports podcast first and foremost. Play-in draw hasn't been announced yet, ladies and gentlemen. And this is one thing I am allowed to announce here. Um, when the date has been confirmed, assuming the three of us are available, we are planning to do our live stream response or reaction yeah. or coast... Live viewing. The term that... Live viewing. Live viewing. Thank you. Co-stream is when you have the actual footage on screen. Live viewing is when you don't have that, but like you have like a timer on it so you can sync up both streams at once. We'll be doing that. So if you want an LGL perspective on things... We'll do that for you. Absolutely. Um, I'm also trying to work out a way to make it convenient for people to just click a button in our Twitch chat, or not on the yeah. Twitch chat, oh, no, to click a link in our Twitch chat and you can just get the side-by-side -side and it will be perfectly synced up. There are a few websites which do that. It's just figuring out the correct way to generate the link. Don't worry, that's the only one I can announce to you all right here, right now, because playing draws are really important. And we want yeah. to talk about that as, as soon as it happens. Mm. Um, potentially it might be a bonus podcast episode. We don't know. That's true. We'll see. Um, but we do know the format. So, gentlemen, let's quickly talk about the format of play-ins because, well, last time it came around, we were actually pretty excited and we thought this was a great shot for V3. 
Um, Nymera, can you run me over what the, the playing format is for anyone that's not in the loop? Okay, so I don't have a graphic for this, but effectively what it is, because the VCS teams cannot um, cont- uh, attend this event, mm-hmm. therefore, um, one of the VCS teams would have been in groups. We would have VCS 1 in groups, and then the other one would have been in play, and so VCS 2 would have been there. VCS 2 no longer being able to compete leaves us with an odd number of teams, which means that you need to remove another team to make an even number, which then makes your groups a lot easier to manage, which means that Rogue has been bumped up into the group stage, leaving us with 10 10. teams. Used to be 12, now it's gone down to 10. So what will happen is there are... uh, We assume to be the Pool 1 teams of... uh, Which are the teams from multiple seed regions. So that is going to be LPL 4, LCK 4... EU, of course, isn't there anymore. So it's going to be NA3 and then um, PCS2. So those are effectively our big fish. Big fish teams. Those are going to be in our pool one. Then all of... um, If there is a mic crackle, Sam... That hang on, let's have a listen. How how bad is the microphone? One, two, one, two. It, it keeps coming through. Okay, see, this might be a problem because when this happens, Boy, I often have to reset my PC, so we might have to battle through this. Sadly, um, okay. but effectively, all of the minor regions, the single seed regions, will mm-hmm. be um, put into pool two. You're going to have two teams from your pool one in each group. There are two groups, and then three wild cards to the six remaining teams um three in each one so then what you have is a single round robin best of one between all of the teams each of the five teams will play each other uh just the one time the fifth team automatically disqualified from worlds 2021 first seed automatically qualifies for groups then you have second through to fourth so you've got those three teams will then go into a series of best of fives third and fourth playoff against each other in a best of five in the same group and the winner of that goes on to face the second seed from the other groups there is a cross there is like the third and fourth winner of that cross groups over to the second seed um why we thought this would be good in 2020 is because fifth is really good you get best of five experience and all this other stuff yep well, I didn't have a V3 because they kind of shit the bed really heavily, but um, we expect, again, DFM to be coming in quite strong, and hopefully, and I think this is better for the minor range in general, we're going to see some good best of fives, going to see a good showing from all of these teams and a good number of games. Sam, what's your reaction to all of this, the playing format being like this? Do you think it heavily favours DFM, who are obviously just great at best of one environments? I think it does. Also, in the sense, I also just think it's a really cool format. Bluntly, uh, mm. I think the fact there is world where two teams actually go straight into groups—fantastic news. I think the other thing is there is some best of five. The groups are pretty big. You've still got a chance, even if you're not, you know, those top two teams straight mm. from the round robin to go through. Um, that's fantastic news. I'll add in a little caveat that there was mm. a post that was put up this morning by Gum, and I think possibly I want to say. Buffaloes from VCS. Second well. Buffalo, they were the second team in yeah. um in spring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. effectively suggesting that they've still not entirely given up hope about attending Worlds, basically, I... and that Riot's still trying to get some something through with Vietnamese government. I don't think it will happen. I think it is a last mm. gas it's... effort. No, but it's it just, is and they've already for... announced they won't be there. So difficult. I know, I know. I'm saying this. This was a new post that came out a few hours ago. So. Yep maybe there's a small world where they end up attending. I don't think it happens, but it's worth keeping that in mind that some of these teams are still not given up. And you absolutely understand why. Check out the VCS English Twitter account for probably all updates regarding that one as they'll probably be your best spot of action and news information 
uh, that's reliable because they will only confirm something if they know for sure one of their teams is going to be there. Because I imagine oh, yeah. the, the team is clamoring. I know I know those guys will be clamoring for any news on their teams attending because they, they are genuinely the fountains of knowledge and the oracles of that region, similar to us. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I love that we're going back to this players format. Um, this, this honestly, with the rise that DFM are having... This not only feels like we could definitely be weak in a crazy world, depending on who we get in our group. And obviously, we don't know the groups yet. Nope. But I think there are a few of these top seeds who should be trembling in their boots against DFM right now. I, 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 and I would be unbeatable. No, I, I absolutely no, think I we could be all of the pool one teams. I think not on a good day, and we happen to yeah. get everything go our way. I think we've already shown it versus Cloud9. So we know we can do that one. Beyond okay. gaming is reasonably comparable because PC are like PSG were kind of just kind of similar at least, the top, at least the top end yeah you know, um, from what we've heard in scrims and everything else so it's it's a little bit of hearsay but yeah sure thumbs uh, up educated hearsay yes uh, and then homeway life um well if you listen to the pog state and if you're not listening to the pog state and you're, you're trying to, and you're listening to us well I'm not sure what you're doing but thank you mate because I mean <laughs> hey why not good you you know where to come for your news though. Um, how my life were not rated as a team, and most people didn't even have Chovy or Deft in their top five players from the region. So that puts yeah. us in at least in a place of everyone was expecting. Um, oh, what was the 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 team that was Peanut? Um, uh, Nongshim Red Force. Nongshim. Everyone was expecting Nongshim. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say that they got Deft slapped and though. <laughs> Deft and Chovy really did turn up in the gauntlet. They did, yeah. Absolutely earned their place at Wells. They've turned it on at the right time. My question is whether they can keep that form up or whether it was a rare return to form. Of course, I mean they like Deft, Chovy, two of the greatest players the LCK has ever produced. Generally speaking, I think that's fair to say. Uh, so the other part for 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 for, for uh, the other part. I mean, in fairness, um, support that Deft's with um, uh, this Vista. Is it Vista? It is Vista. Okay. Yeah. Um, had Vista. also a phenomenal gauntlet. Like the guy was all over the place, doing some amazing. Stuff. And his Lulu in that third game against Nong. <laughs> so I mean, if he can keep that kind of uh, that sort of form up into play-ins then hle mm -hmm. should not be slept on but i kind of agree hle like are inconsistent enough and have enough weaknesses elsewhere that they're that if you can manage also morgan where all he does is farm then you're kind of potentially Evie morgan dude yeah so Morgan's not yeah not to not to get ahead of ourselves but no, you no, look no, at absolutely. you look at a team like hanwell life and there are significant weaknesses dfm is a team which has significant strengths some of our strengths match up against strengths, some of them match up against weaknesses. Again, Arya versus Jovi, gonna be a hell of a matchup if they end up in the same group. Oh, yeah. Top lane, yeah, Morgan is not the strongest top lane. Actually, you know, did end up solo killing um, Kana in one of those games and had had an okay showing on the Aurelia and whatever, actually had one of those good games, but it's rarely have they managed to stand up and be a primary carry. Even looking at a team such as that, which is um, coming from LCK, obviously a very um, talent-stacked, historically strong region, we reckon that DFM have a shot. It's a single best of one. You don't even get to adapt in the second round Robin. That could come back to bite us. However, looking across all of the Pool 1 teams, it's not... Would I say I favor DFM versus them? I wouldn't say it's always as clear-cut as that. Yeah. But if you're facing two of them, you get two chances at it. There's a good chance that you do snap snatch one game off of that. 
Um, and that potentially is enough if you're not if you're not losing to the minor regions, the other two in the group, that that you can actually get through in first even. So, as much as we need to kind of curtail our expectations to an extent and keep it realistic, setting down the right logic, it stands to to see that potentially DFM could have a very strong showing in, in plans. Yeah, and there is a there's a lot of chances for detonation. Focus me, obviously. We won't go much further down this rabbit hole, but um. Oh, I don't. I mm, fear, fear, ah, the copium's coming, boys. The copium's yeah, coming. The hopium, I'm not expecting first, and I think that's the important part for for me. I don't know about you guys. I just want to quickly talk about this before we get the groups drawn. We can actually go. Well, mm. I think in this group we should get X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Just looking at it blindly, I think expecting first is ridiculous. I think yeah. I think you are getting some very big copium uh, copium going. I do think we could steal second though, and steal I absolutely the best one. Yep. And and easily in a, thir a third or fourth. If we get third, that's fine. We'll win the we'll win the round robin and we'll play second seed. Like I genuinely believe DFM in a best of one, oh no, in a best of five versus other, and this is important, other minor regions. I think we're slightly favoured. But if we go our first one and we're not second, and we're not, and we're playing against a, like a tier one region, I, I, it might be a bit more yeah. difficult in the first round. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. What about you guys? Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I'm not expecting first. I think it is, call it 10-15% chance. It's like, it's it's not outside of it. It's More than impossible. we had last time. But, it's like, a possibility. But like, like the, the, thing, the thing with this format is there's so much variance. It's five best of ones with different matchups. <laughs> it's just so much variance. Um, there are going to be random games dropped and picked up. Like, it's going to happen. I, I would expect, on, on gut instinct, third pushing second. I think, I think you're right there. I think that... And again, like from what we've heard from from hearsay in terms of scrims and and whatever, DFM do seem to be like the dark horse of playing stage outside of the top the pool one teams. You're expecting the next team on the on the list to be a DFM. Uh, yeah. The question is whether they can snipe an extra game to push into that second slot and therefore not have to face one of these top four teams. And even in a best of five versus one like Beyond or C9, I think that's a competitive matchup. So we are again hoping for great things. And who knows, we might get an LGD this time around and they won't have that opportunity Maybe. to win the tiebreaker match versus V3 this time because DFM will be second place already. They'll get out knocked out and Chinese number four seed won't even make it out, uh, get it into the knockout stage. Right. Here's, and then here's we can... hoping that LGL could do all right. Let's hear his uh, hope. Vengeance would be nice from last year. It'd be, it'd be nice considering how disappointing the result was for the LJL last year. Gentlemen, Talking about worlds, uh, <laughs> we've got a few things to talk about, considering that we haven't actually spoken about it, but we do now have the patch notes, at least for 11.18, is now out. 19 is being rumoured, and we'll do a bit of talking about the rumoured uh, notes for 19. But gentlemen, 11.18, that was the game. Well, it was a huge patch where it looks like a lot happened. But if I look at my games and compare patches between 17 to 18, there's not a huge difference in win rates and champions. There are a few that are coming on the rise, but some of them also haven't changed. Um, what, are our, what are our thoughts on these two patches, or potentially just 18 uh, as that's been as, as it's out? Um, what are your thoughts on them? 
I'm just looking for the 1119 notes because they were posted. It's uh, in the document. I, 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 uh, that is very kind of you. I'll go look there then. I, I, I did it for, anyway. I, I, I hyperlinked it because I'm, I'm nice like that. So 1119 is going to be the, the ve uh, Vex patch. Um, so she's yeah. going to be coming out on that one. Obviously, uh, we've got all be, of her. She won't be enabled for worlds though, will she? No, neither will. Um, Akshan, he won't be enabled either for worlds because uh, no be available region on every. Him. It has to be available on every single region, or, or I'm not sure if it's every major region, but every region, vaguely, is playoffs. If it's not available for playoffs, then you can't play in the worlds. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I think some of the big notable ones for me current currently between these two patches um is obviously. I'm just going to now say some picks that I'm expecting to see at Worlds, and we can kind of be give our thoughts because I think that's kind of the best sense to start talking about it. Like every other fucking e boy on the internet, Trind Mid is gonna be played at Worlds, probably. Yeah, probably. It's not even new at this point. It's just kind of making sure I'm covering all bases. And, and, and at this you know point. what's really funny? Um, so I used to Have hate he's playing, playing against it? No, okay. I used to hate playing against Trindamir in solo queue. Um, uh, until I picked up one champion, which actually got to my highest peak rank, Quinn. If you play Quinn into Trindamir, Trindamir hates it. Because you take Phase Rush, you max W, you take Exhaust, he never kills you, and you fly around the map faster than him. Um, Here so, comes the Crimson Chin! <laughs> there, there, are, there are answers into Trindamir, because at the end of the day, he's a melee ADC with not that much ability to, to like stick on a target yeah. if, if they have peel tools. Very, very good into Lucian. But um, and of course we had the a lot of vein picks at the moment as well at the for top lane Trindamir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I'm trying to top remember... lane trend, not mid lane trend. Yeah. I'm trying. That's to a different environment. I'm trying to remember what people have been playing just, into it. You caps did it a couple of years ago. Remember, it's just, true. You got to have very specific comps for it. I've seen a few people genuinely no like no shitting you play Heimerdinger. Uh yeah, because you um. Yeah, you just put you yeah. put, put Zonyas in your turrets and he's walking around you like, oh crap, I can't hit the guy. <laughs> oh, literally yelling and he can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get us done, and yeah, he's just like, this is miserable. Exactly. Um, like, I think the other one that's worth keeping an eye on is like Zed Jungle, by the way. Yeah. Looking like it's going to be all over the place. Dude, if you watch, um, what's. Uh, what's the Aussie guy that does all of the pro reaction stuff and is really Mid on top of it? Mid Beast. He, yeah. Man, that man has put out like three videos of just Zed Jungle. Like he is, he's farming that content. Rightly fucking so, may I add, because yep. oh my god, does it seem broken? Yes. Why is it broken? Uh, he clears ridiculously quickly. His <laughs> main reason, like his yeah. early clears are insanely fast. It's um, like the second fastest or third fastest at the moment, isn't it? Quick. It's unreasonable. Very quick. And the thing is, it also means you don't have you get how you can avoid things like I am playing Zed mid and I have been counterpicked. Well bollocks. Um and that makes things a lot easier. But the flex you, is nice too. Yeah, the flex is pretty nice. You're actually not a bad ganker in the sense you've got quite a lot of mobility. You probably do want a bit of setup for you some hard TCs. Yeah. But but you actually can at least follow up on setup really quickly as said. Um, also, just another strong AD jungler. Like AD mm -hmm. junglers have been pretty pretty good recently. Yeah, because um, like we had that point where it was like AP junglers playing Diana, playing your your AD mid stuff. Like you know Diana Lucian was was the combo for for most of this. Yep. Like we're kind of moving back towards AP junglers again. Uh, AD junglers again. Um, that can very much help with that, particularly when you've got like I don't know, like something like Zed Syndra sounds like an ADC's worst nightmare. <laughs> Um, yep. 
Yeah, so I, I'm a pretty large Zed player myself. I believe it's my, but behind, of course, oh, yeah. this. The shrine. Is, well, the, the shrine, nice. which I have now had on official Riot broadcast, and that just makes me chuckle to, to no end. Um, Zed is my second most played. And the thing is, with, with Zed having challenging smite, it's just an... It's just unfair. Um, a challenge smite is just not a fair, fair, a fair summoner spell. Um, so you run into him, and the thing is, like, um, one of the things about Zed Jungle, which is kind of nasty to play around, is that so level three is obviously very important for your combo. Once you get level four on Zed, if you hit double shuriken because you get the extra point, uh, yeah, the extra damage on on obviously both shurikens. If you hit a double shuriken with level four, you just nuke people. You just they, they, there's just they cannot fight against you. Um, so, and if you if you have a very first fast first clear, and then you get to go into a scuttle, get that level four off the scuttle, you are just very hard to fight. Even stuff like Jin's Ali Sin will very much hate playing against you at that point. Yeah. Not only that, like we're seeing the rise of other junglers, Talon in that same kind of vein um, is it seems legit. We're I'm I'm less sold on the Talon. Um, I do prefer the Zed. I I think that is a fair assessment. But I do I do like yeah. the idea um, of it. Talon's great in the sense you've got wall jumping. The thing with Talon jungle as opposed to something like Talon mid is that um. Oh no, Talon mid you... I'm not a fan of. I I like Talon mid because I used to of play course, a lot, yeah, but, yeah. yeah of course specifically yeah. <laughs> the, the, the reason like the, the 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 difference is that obviously your um your kind of parkour cooldown what's the name it's Noxian. There's, there's not an Oxygen Diplomacy, whatever the, what's the, um, what's it's the passed. jump called? There, there's a name for it, I forget. The it, name Noxian Diplomacy used to be the cutthroat thing, yeah. Cutting, yes, but... uh, I, can't, I can't remember what uh, the jump is called at the minute anymore. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, the point is that obviously it, it puts terrain on cooldown, mm -hmm. uh, and that's frustrating if you're wanting to clear quickly because you can't jump walls um, um well if you do jump walls you but, have to bring but, your whole the thing is cooldown. so but, but what, what i will say is that as soon as you hit level three your invade potential is absolutely monstrous because yeah, um talon level two is one of the most front-loaded bursts in the game so uh i used to be a top 400 talent in the u.s back in season eight i i uh, i i was like I, it, it was completely inflated because I went like 10 and 0 in my first 10 games and I was like, oh, I'll just get back to Diamond again and, and stuff like that. So I went like through my plat, plat stuff with that. Um, but Talon was... Easy, why not? He, he was just a, a jungler's worst nightmare because you, you, you walk into a W and if you hit a two-part W, someone just dies at early levels. Um, mm. You don't have the Ignite to buff that up, but... And and the thing is, Sam, you're completely right. And also, we have a bit of esports royalty in the chat because Ashley Kang has has also echoed oh, those thoughts. Hey, instead of saying, seeing a lot of Zed mid um, from from this as well, because it's the follow-on effect, right? Because it gives you the ability to flex around. Solo queue is a little bit different, right? Because you don't really care about the overall draft, but stuff like Talon and Zed. Even if you're picking something like Syndra, you know, which has been very high priority. Syndra has in the past been pretty bad against a lot of AD assassins that can outplay you like that. Particularly with something like Zed as well, where you can play against control mages and if they have like one particularly bad uh, ability you need to dodge, say something like the Scatter of the Week from the from, from Syndra or Orianna's throwing a ball at you, you can just switch to your shadow and dodge that. This is like one of Zed's old, um, one of Faker's old um, just basic tips on Zed. It's like, identify the one thing you need to dodge, dodge it with shadow, and then you're all in. Um, and that's the kind of that's the kind of play you can have against a lot of control mages right now, particularly if you manage to get that wave on your own side of the lane. Um, so it's not like you can't play them, but now there's actually the way to draft around it too, which gives you that extra flexibility. So I'm very interested well, in seeing that. And well, whether no. we get to see someone like Arya on these picks. 
But no, okay. what you just said though, we've been talking about the flex with the Z. You get to do the exact same thing with the talent. Yep, exactly. So it's got exactly. I am I, I'm so looking forward flexing. to live to co-viewing this and just being like, so Nymera, let's talk about draft flexibility and the whole draft oh, we're just no. like this can go here and there and then they can do this and like all I, the numbers coming down as the matrix. I, 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 I might I might really dumb. Like I, decide to go, we're flexing Narmid and Alex getting really sad. Oh god. Oh, because yeah. uh, no, there's there, there's some really fun combos because yes. like um so like particularly on Talon, I might mm. I might lose my shit if we so there's basically a thing which I call like the flower combo because like you you flash W alt so you've got like like this whole like explosion of blades everywhere and you, it's kind of like your old almost like season four Talon play where you just like dive in and just hit everyone with all the AOE. Um, of course, you can only activate your passive on one person, so it's much more single targeted. But there's some really fun instant one shot combos which AD carries just can't do anything about. Fun random thing that popped into my mind while you mentioned that Ari had appeared on stream. I was like, man, I need to try and get my Mox Opals, my magic cards again, because I've, <laughs> I've had that on Wizards official stream when I've been on feature <laughs> matches. So now I'm like, all right, so if I get on right, I've got to figure out a way to get those on there. Okay. Anyway, unre unrelated, but absolutely important. Talon, Zed, another AD mid that I'm expecting, Kiana. Which, of course, we have seen yeah. precisely one Kiana game from Aria. Um, and this was yep. in 2020, 2020 spring versus Rascal yes. Jesters. And this is when Ninja played Soraka into it. And very nearly... Uh, actually, it was a really good game from Ninja. He survived it being solo-killed like a good three times on single-digit yeah, HP. Mm. Um, that was a game which Rascal Jesters actually won, but Aria looked good on the pick mechanically. So CGA, CGA. This is on, on CGA, yeah. So obviously, yeah. Ari's only been on DFM this year. But um, oh god, did I say it wrong? Oh god. No, 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 no. I'm just making that clarification. Oh, no. yeah. All of these tricodes with because literally CGA and DFM are both blue teams as well. It's like in my subconscious in your mind. But <laughs> I, I think I think it's fair to say that um, looking at all these picks because we're eventually going to like zoom out again. But particularly with this pick, I want to do it again. Is that we expect Aria in terms of mid lane picks to be able to play anything. Uh, he's yep. played supportive style, even though I'm like, oh, he doesn't play Galio, and he doesn't play Galio, and that might be a thing, but he plays Seraphine, he's played Lulu mid, you know, and then he's gone towards his assassins too at points. We expect him to yep. play, be able to play absolutely everything to a very and high level. Very excited to see what he can do on assassins. This is the picks. whole reason that we wanted Arya to come to DFM. If you listen back to us yeah. in su yeah. at the end of summer and then coming in, because we do an episode before we even get announcements of rosters and everything, we're like, DFM, if they want any hope, Sorry, Cyrus, you're gonna have to take a step down for a bit. Aria has to come in, and this is it. Like it's make or break time. We call we predicted this without actually knowing the information. It's come true. This was the reason because they needed a mid laner who could facilitate a huge amount. They could play the supportive stuff. They could also play the cheese. They can play the engage, the assassin. He did so much of just the hard one v nining on CGA that that's why we won him on DFM. But boys, we've mm -hmm. seen Kiana from him before. We've yes. been talking about a certain top laner before we came started this podcast. We need to talk about him a little bit more. It's Ebby in the top lane. One of our yeah. criticisms is that potentially that might be a weak spot for teams to attack his champion pool. What about though, if I threw out there a champion that I think I, I'm expecting him to play? Shen top lane. Shen's up there. That's an option. Especially if they're going towards the Leona for gang. Basically, if they're focusing bot, then Shen is always an option. My one problem with Ebby Shen 
and you watch his win rate on Shen, it's not fantastic, mainly because he just says, let's fucking go every time he plays. I mean, at least he's committed in my eyes. He but he's just the most aggro Shen type I have The last time we saw Shen from Ebby was in Spring Finals versus V3. Oh, no, yeah. And it was totally not his fault this time. Wait, was that the Shen or was that the Choga? Yeah, it was. And I believe this is a game where he was playing around. Both are champions. Yeah, I think Chasing I think so. So this would have been uh, game two in the finals of spring. If you want to go look at the last time we saw yes. Abby Shen, uh, I believe his mid jungle was a Hecarim Cassidin, and they chose to fight before Hecarim Cassidin, a relevant champion. Yeah, they ran they it lost. down. Like the this first does five not minutes. reflect on Abby's skill on the champion Shen. You look back towards twenty, I think twenty nineteen was the last time he's played it seriously. Actually, so it's been out for a little while. Um, yes, but I think the thing about something like playing Shen top is it's a very different style to what. DFM have typically played. They normally play around a pressure valve in the top lane, playing around Nar, which can bully out if he's given the option. Um, stuff like the Renekton set as well. You want someone... Ebby, typically, this split has succeeded on champions that can kind of do all their own stunts and then, like, be their own point of agency and then move elsewhere. Shen is... I mean, if you think about impact, Shen, that's a different kind of story, oh, yeah. right? Where actually he can win out with one early gank and then suddenly... He's a huge split push threat who can turn up to the fights, all of this extra kind of stuff that you can play around. That's, That's not how Ebby plays. And not not this split. And again, we have seen him go towards that before, but I know you were kind of talking about, okay, well, maybe we consider Ebby to be a weak point in terms of like the champion pool to attack. To qualify that, basically Ebby has been blind picking so much, we don't know what happens when Ebby is taken off of Set, Renekton, Nah, Tom Kench. We don't know what happens. I'm academically quite interested to see what happens to see if DFM can play around Ebby with a different style, but it's not something we've had in answered yet. DFM's go to this split for sure. But there's also the fact that DFM have had to have like every team they've played against has gone. Well, we have to ban three, like two of the bans over to um, mid lane because Ari is fucking terrifying yeah. on LeBlanc and Aurelia, and that's just the first two that every team decided they had to ban. Yeah. Sometimes we'd get random shit thrown bot lane, like it was like sometimes we just see a ban go out and we're like. Nearly okay, they're just clearly them. terrified of something, and we just don't know it. Sometimes it was a jungle ban. It was all over the place. Um, the only thing I am quickly doing, and I've just done this while you guys were chatting, Ebby has been hard spamming games of Trindamir. Like, of course he has. A lot, like over the last has. two, like three or four days. To pick up Trindamir, it would be Ebby. Yeah, so, no, but that's definitely a flex, right? Because they could definitely go pick the Trindamir and go, well, yeah. where's it going to go? Is it going to go top? Yep. Is yeah. it going to go mid? We don't know. And I expect Arya to be able to play that. So if it, if it is, yeah, like, yep. super pick priority in the meta. We expect the DFM solo lines to be able to play anything. It's just basic. For me, it's less about not the individual capability to play it. It's just what the team wants to be able to achieve with that pick. Um... Which is Love kind it. of why when, I don't know, what compositions were DFM not great around playing? I mean, they were doing better with like... Their pick comps were pretty questionable, where they would try and find one pick and then snowball after that. They weren't great at that, but that was mm. because that's what they did very early long, like week three, week four, which was their yeah. messier time when they were still yeah. working things out as a team. So I don't want to kind of quantify and say that, that they really. Because yeah. yeah. they played 1-3-1 yeah, so really well when they showed it to us. Yeah, for sure, they did. I mean, particularly, particularly, particularly when it has stuff like the Rise, but then actually one mm -hmm. of the big things that obviously Rise is getting heavy hits coming into Worlds, particularly yes, with whenever you hit Rise's E cooldown, it affects his ability to do pretty much everything Anything. in the game. Yeah, and even yeah. with like a quarter of a second taken off of it, that means that when you go for like a flash route, 
there's actually a chance to flash out before the second EQ comes out, which is a big amount of the damage which comes through after that point. So yep. I don't know whether Ryze is going to be a champion at Worlds because of that, actually, because even though he does scale up, a lot of his individual players, which have been part of the core of his identity, are not going to be there. And DFM looked really good with Ryze. We'll put a pin in that and see how that works out. We're also going to have to see because every other mid laner coming into this world also was a Rise One trick as well. So yep. it's going Rise to be every mid laner. Rise LeBlanc, um, less so Aurelia, but there were a lot of the Korean mids were still playing a lot of Aurelia mids. So that's going to be slightly interesting and terrifying to see where things go. But obviously, 11, 18, and 19 had a lot of changes. Predators getting buffed. Um, not for the reason that I honestly I think Riot did it. I think Galio mid's going to be. Yeah. Fucking broken, may I add? Oh, What's and by it? the way, do you know who Ace for Last Worlds, who got the highest LP out yeah, of anyone, who was dude. hard spamming games of Galio mid in the EUS solo queue? Oh, it was Aria, ladies and gentlemen. China, it's always Aria. It's all about Aria, Aria, Amumu support. Um, yeah. Korg JJ is kind of making yeah. people's lives absolute hell it's on EUS disgusting. solo queue. What are we talking about, lads? Big change here was they have given bandage toss a second charge i don't and know that, why so and that was always amumu's main problem so broken you miss your, you miss your queue and you're a glorified cannon minion i feel like that's an ari main <laughs> in fact it is but it's not just the thing is it's like it's how you get it's how you it pulls you in as well like it's how you get in range for your r unless you want to flash mm. so the ability in early lane to be more than just like i throw my q and i miss and i have to walk away feeling really sad and get run down you can queue in and then wait and queue again if you want to fully all in or you can queue in and then queue back to a minion to get out as well like you have actually got a few play patterns there as a mumu without the queue being like incredibly damned if you do damned if you don't and that's a massive deal and then once you hit uh, once you hit six Holy moly, Q, R, Q once the R runs out. It's just with anathemas chains. Yeah. It is obscene. Yeah, anathemas chains as well. And you people just don't get to move. It is obscene. Nope. No, and then this is assuming you don't have something like a Morgana, a Braum, a Leona, just or, there to just be like, hey lads, let's do some yeah. chaining action. Let's let's combo people down. Yeah, and particularly in support as well. Um it's one of the few champions because it's passive, which then apply it, it affects magic damage on your team, which allows you to play double AP bot if you want. You can play stuff like yeah. Karthus, Syndra for the extra stun as well, you know, chain, chain everything into each other. Um, Ona has been getting that a bit as well, but I don't want to... Sorry. Yeah, no, there's, there are definitely majors you can play bot lane. We know that... Utopon has Soraka, I think, is the big one. Yeah, yeah he's not a bad Syndra play. He's not a bad Vladimir. Play. Oh, Syndra, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the one that we were. That's the the first thing that came to mind was, hey, true damage on Syndra sounds really quite bluntly unfair. So, um, yeah, I, we know that Utopon had. So the last time that Utopon played a, a lot of. <laughs> The, oh, that's true. Yeah, he does. That. Yeah. So the last time we saw that um, Utopon play Major's bot would have been spring 2020, and again that would have mainly been that Syndra. Um, Are you sure about that? Yeah. I know there was six. Sure we there was six. Six is the other one as well. But yeah. Oh yeah. The, he's got three. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So, so there's stuff. There's stuff there. We we know that Utopon like Utopon is one of the most multi-talented players actually in World League of Legends history. I know you think, oh, he's just this one player from this, like tiny region which no one cares about Utopon has played at the pro level for eight years has not been subbed out ever so he has the longest starting and he played multiple roles he's he's played every role but mid in competitive most of that did come from from season four but uh he did also he was a top player in season seven i think so yep. like much later into his Something career like that. yeah he plays everything he was the rank one player on the japanese overwatch server for a while he wanted to go pro and valorant but his schedules didn't 
a matchup with being being a pro player of league as well which he was also radiant in the guy does everything so it's it's really not a surprise that he does have like the multi-talentedness to apply to league of legends as well he can play pretty much whatever you want him to Um, he's broken speedrun games the man literally does random stuff of course he does yes that was a really funny one oh yeah so great clip if you want to hear more about like the the players as personalities uh someone in kind of like in our community and does a lot of their own content as a person called sunshine hina who does a lot of translations on and we do mention them every couple of podcasts because they do really good stuff and they they yeah they'll a lot of the stuff we learned about Utuan was, oh, lol, they talk about it in interviews and then Hina goes and tr- um, translates those. But um, when you've got stuff like the Amumi, also stuff that we have, because I know that we're kind of trawling through a lot of these champions. Watch Carrier's streams, really fun right now. I think in the last stream, he played Silas support, Echo yeah. support, Lux support, which were all really kind of fun. Um, and I'm wondering whether well there will be well. some <laughs> scrim experience traded between teams at that point, because that's just really kind of fun. Um, all right, I, go, I will put this out there. I right. have a horrible feeling that some of these picks are going to be carrier specials. They're not support champions; they're carrier right. champions. And I have oh, like, like it's going to be one of those ones where he's like, people will play it for the first week at Worlds and go, "That was a mistake," and put them away again. Because I do think things like Echo require you to be quite good at the champion and know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> and I will be interested to see how many supports are bold enough to say we are picking Echo because all we do is dive. You you throw down the parallel convergence, you dive towers. That's what you do with Echo support, um, and it will be interesting to see who is bold enough, if anyone is bold enough, to try that on the international stage. Are there any other champions, gentlemen, at this exact moment in time? Obviously, patch eleven point nineteen hasn't come out yet. Eighteen has only been out for a week, and uh, well, I only know Silver Q, so I mean, it doesn't really, it's not very indicative <laughs> of what we're going to be seeing in professional play. So, is there any other small champions out there you just want to throw out there as like kind of a bit of la- uh, a bit of bait on the fishing so, line just to see for later? I mean, so I, I think when it comes, because I kind of want to keep it like to DFME kind of stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, obviously, the Rise nerf is going to hurt. I don't know what's going to happen with the Renekton nerfs. That might also hurt as well, because Rise Renekton have been such powerful solo laners. Um, yep. Varus is also getting hit. I don't know if that's going to be enough to remove him from the meta. Probably we'll not. Him, but um, it is going to hurt him because it's his final rank of Q has a higher cooldown, which means that when you do get into mid game, when you're looking to poke people out, you're, you're, and also getting a second arrow off in fights, is just going to be that much more delayed, even if it is just by a second. Um, so I think there's a lot of moving parts, and that's kind of one of my worries with the way we're doing this bigger patch. It's just a lot of different stuff compared to the Plavs patch, which we've we've just seen. But... I think basically everything that we've gone Ooh. through, we have decent enough reasoning to believe that it will, you know, be considered by DFM at the very least. Because again, they're very multi-talented players, very large champion pool, so keep your eyes out. Currently on the PBE, so this is still PBE for 11.19 at the moment. Renekton is down to get a slight buff back. Yeah, that's on the 11.19 yeah, preview patch. So Jeevan yeah, City so did put out all of those ones. Um, yes. So Renekton's getting base stat. Buffs. I think one of so one of the yeah, things base HP that, increase what, um, and one, base HP per level yeah, back. One of the, one of the big things for Renekton is effectively if you use his empowered W, I think it is. Um, his animation to stun you was actually longer than the actual stun duration, so he'd actually self CC himself, even though it's a load of damage. Um, I think they've ended up fixing that. That seems fair. Now, so that seems fair. I, I think they've no, ended up I, fixing I'm okay that with now, this. But... I'm okay with this. You have to you have to animation cancel. If you can't animation cancel, you're not you you're not worthy of it. You animation cancel it with your R. Was the problem? 
You could so with Tiamat. But you couldn't queue, you couldn't animation way. cancel with your queue. Oh, that's yeah, wrong. No, 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 so so this was this was why. Oh, that's great. I love it. So, so the reason for that was back in the um back in there. Um, right, so go on, take us back. You used to be able to do it with Tiamat. Oh, go back. You used to be able to do it with Tiamat. So what you do, you would you WQ Tiamat. Alt. There was a whole like yeah. one shot combo with Lethality on Ectum, which was hilariously high amounts of damage. And um, yeah, getting melee range of that champion is not really a good idea. I'm not sure if you can do it with Iron Spike Whip. Um, I don't mm. see it so much in, on, on pro games, so I, I'm actually not so sure about that. Anyway, I'm not a Renekton player, and you can tell now. The only other one I would be interested in for DFM-wise is depending mm -hmm. on how... Oh, the Fizz push, because there's an active yeah. Fizz push. Um, I mean, we know Arya's pretty good at these uh, the fighting champions, yeah. so we'll have yeah. to wait and see. I'm I'm interested. Yeah. I I don't think the the Cho'gath buff will do anything for Cho'gath, so R.I.P. That guy. Might, might see it down towards bot lane. Yeah. Things again, so we might see something like that. Oh, Cho'gath what the Senna Cho'gath maybe, bullshit maybe. again? Yeah. Oh, Talia's okay. definitely potentially with some other workaround changes stuff. Maybe, maybe. Mm. She's Be interesting. There was a couple of bug fixes that need to come through on some of her cooldowns not working as they should. So if those are fixed, then mm. maybe Talia is an option as well. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, gentlemen, any any other champions, or am I good to go on to Let's the last on. few? We, stuff? We've we've talked meta for a while. It's our first real meta talk in a while, actually. But... Well, we've yeah. we've not done a meta talk for pretty much all of summer. So. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about something more back on DFM and kind of recapping back to the previous episode, episode 30, where we had Joshi and Melvin Izzle on. Mm -hmm. One of the main comments and kind of conversations that we had was that Axis pushed DFM more than Rascal Jesters yes. did. I want to kind of get your reactions first and foremost to that just blanket statement. Um, in, in the last Three? the last series that they played, absolutely, yeah, Rascal Jesters fell apart. Um, Juggernaut match, sure, we can talk about that one, but in the last couple of series, no, 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 Rascal Jesters were not up to even Axis's level. So I think it's important that I bring this context up for anyone that isn't aware of the interview that Ebby did with LOL Ninja. By the way, go and read that interview, right. it's very interesting and kind of gives us a lot more in-depth stuff. Again, gonna refer back to also Sunshine Hina, go check out her Twitter. She has translated all of the post-game interviews that happened after DFM did secure their spot. Ebby has gone into um, some depth now about why they lost that series versus Rascal Jester, that Juggernaut match specifically, and a huge amount of it um, has been unveiled. One thing is the players had, for most of the summer split, um, been unable to leave the house um, outside of every other week or so to go to convenience store or supermarket. So they had been stuck in the house for, well, the gaming house uh, for several months on end. Um, so tensions were getting high. They've mentioned that um, they were, the team cohesion wasn't quite there. They were getting it under each other's skin sort of stuff. Like, it's not surprising that they kind of went into this juggernaut match kind of going, we should win this. And then they didn't. The DFM owner came down and actually had a, uh, and spoke to the team. First time in DFM history, may I add, that that has also happened. So uh, came down and was kind of like, guys, I'm disappointed. And the guys were like, oh my God. I, obviously, this is all paraphrasing through yeah, Ebby and everything. Big, I, yeah, that's, yeah. That's but that was definitely one. a big thing to come to, which is probably why when it came into the Axis and then Rascal Jester series the next time around, they stomped. And it looked mm. like kind of a different DFM entirely had been playing. And this was something, if you go back and listen to our immediate reaction to the Juggernaut match, all three of us, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to put my stake down, 
I was calling it. I, did, I thought DFM looked tilted. I did not think their mental was in it. And I was not surprised that they lost in that way because when they won, it was dominant. And I'm not surprised that when Ebby goes, yeah, we weren't motivated. I'm like, yeah. well, that just makes total sense. It looked like they were out mind gamed in the Dragonaut series. I think yeah, that... A um, bit discoordinated. Yeah, so... I think there are some some conclusions I drew from that Dragonaut match, which then obviously maybe aren't so relevant if if they do end up facing those issues. But I think that a lot of what we saw in in that series was more like DFM just looked so tunnel visioned, both in draft and in game. It felt like they were very constrained in what they were looking at in that game, not understanding what was happening in draft in terms of which traps they were falling into, picking a Carly into with no engage into an Alistair that could stop you from doing anything in fights. Um, Similarly, in-game, overfighting a little bit and just kind of not understanding the state of the map. It felt like they had tunnel visioned. I think that that wasn't apparent in the finals. I think in the finals, they chose not to take fights pretty well. But I I hope that is the real DFM that we're seeing in the semifinals and the finals. Because if that turns up at Worlds, that's a very exploitable weakness if they are not aware of what's happening in the game very well. Uh, yeah, I think it would. I suspect we won't. And I, I think, you know, I think mm. uh, clearly there were other things going on that meant they were playing a little on autopilot. And that kind of showed in some of the. I think particularly for me, it was well, it was that kind of 10 to 15, 20 minute mark as well, where you sort of mm. see DFM are normally very crisp in how quickly they set up for plays to, to start a skirmish, to start a fight, to yeah. set up for stuff. And it was a little bit looser on the day versus Rascal Justice. You can't be that versus a player, particularly like Secret, who has made his career this year in the LJL on basically saying, yep, you're out of position, I'm going. And, like, he did that a lot in that juggernaut match. Yeah, he did. He, he really did. Secret was just everywhere. Sadly, might be leaving the LJL, um, as per his Twitter. Supposedly, he's back in Korea. So, yeah. well, it's But it's also off-season. Yeah, absolutely, as Alex just said. If we get another series of players that come in, are really good for one year and then leave, I'm going to be most displeased, LJL. i most displeased. Guys, we got to hope. All right, so our hopes for this. DFM do well. Players stay. The region retains uh, some of this talent, yes. but then also new talent comes up as well as also new imports coming because there will be some churn. Some, obviously, sure. there has to be a little bit of turnover. Yeah. There, there always is. It's the OJL. There's, there's... <laughs> the we at least don't use the again. same talent seven years in a row like LCS does sometimes. But hey, whatever. That's that's just saying maybe um, certain players shouldn't still be there. Um, but I do expect uh, DFM to keep. Hey. It's my second favorite region. I can flame it all I like. I'm, I might be European, <laughs> but LEC's third. <laughs> I, I mean, LCS, man, fucking hell. It's such a crazy... Like, I'm, I hope we get C9 in our group, to put it lightly. It'll be entertaining. It'll be entertaining. I, I think we get I, I'm ready. I'm man. ready to... I think we get that 1-0 in the head-to-head. We we smash them. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Just but yeah. shout Scuttlecrab at him and watch him be really scared. <laughs> Oh, in in the all chat, right? Like, Steel has to go me and Scuttle, right? And then Blath is just terrified. Mental just game. Tilted forever. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Um, what else about those two series, though, gentlemen? Because um, obviously you didn't have. We haven't had the full in depth. No. So, um, firstly, Axis pushing them further. We've agreed with that statement. What does that kind of tell us about um Axis? I mean, I know that got the solo kill on Ebby. Like, I know look good in this top plane. Like, some yeah. of the rookies actually kind of didn't look terrible. Like, Mega Min 
didn't have a complete get just getting rolled over series versus Arya. Now, obviously, it wasn't a huge amount of kill pressure because it was Rise. And then, well, he then brought out the Twisted Fate and the Aurelia. And we learned why he's not allowed Twisted Fate and Aurelia. Yeah. yeah so, like, um, I think Mega Mint, you know, was a factor in the early game and then just kind of fell off a little bit. And there was the unfortunate solo kill in game three where the Aurelia hit six and just dives him under tower. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay. In a counter pick scenario, it was, it, was like, it was like proud of the development of Mega Man, still a little ways to go. And there were some moments of poise, some moments of clutch that weren't quite there in big moments. And against a player like like Arya, who was just ruthless with those moments, called him out a little bit, particularly in that game three, where actually I think Axis had a really smart draft. Um, I will also shout out the Hoggler tried his heart out this series. Holy moly. Yep. Um, that game one was DFMs for such a long time. They were so far ahead. And then Hoglet finds the mother of all, like Warthog kick flashes to try and get something back over the wall from the red buff. Like all of these little things. You saw the Viego game as well, where he was like one of the few threats that was going on. The Rumble game in game three, where he was getting turnaround kills, the Rumble flex in the first place to pull out a, a complete kind of curveball, really screwed over DFMs comp. Like Hoglet also really tried this series. Sounds about right to me. Um, I, obviously, yeah, I, I think yeah. a lot of the Axis players have given themselves a lot of market value from that kind of series, even in a 0-3. Um, I well, think the fact that... is that they made it there, and that's yeah, an yeah, org yeah. first, right? It's everything yeah, that Sam said. Like, yeah. the, like, the players have had far more development than we ever expected, and most of us never expected them to even make it to play-ins. Oh, to the, to the, to the playoffs, rather. Sure. Um, well, I mean... If we, uh, I don't think we're going to do like a full section on this because we're kind of running no, away, no, running away no, but no, I'm no. just going to go over to this one. So basically, this is what we expected to see at the start of the split. Uh, this was the highest, lowest thing is across all of the votes on this spreadsheet where we thought teams would, would end up. And basically, the only reason the lowest fifth for DFM was there because there's a random.org thing which put in random results. Um, we can see that out of the people on our broadcast team and then also J663Beast who helped us set up the spreadsheet. Most of us, actually only one of us thought that Axis would make it to playoffs in the first place. And that was Middlecott. So congrats to, yes. to, to them for congrats doing that. However, we've got to reduce points to that because he thought CGA would come third. Either way, looking at Axis, for them to get third after the spring split they had, which was so dire, this was a huge turnaround for them. Like absolutely huge. So yeah, crazy for them. Yeah, it, it's not remotely... It, it's like the, now the sky's well and truly the limit on each of these players on this roster. I think they have definitely... Um, if people weren't watching them, they should be now watching these players. I mean, obviously, I think the standout player for Axis is Honey, obviously, yeah. mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. But I think all of these rookies, as well as Hoglet, potentially this might be the last split we ever see of Hoglet. So going out with kind of a bang, yeah. quite frankly... Yeah. Like, this is a really good showing considering DFM had gone full man mode and gone engaged. Like, can't ask for more, really. What What's your thoughts, Sam? Yeah, On the prediction I, stuff? I, I completely agree. I think Hogler is one of those people who might get some offers. I think Honey potentially even more likely considering how good he was consistently over the split. Mm. Um, I think, unfortunately, actually, for Axis, like the, the series versus DFM uh, was the one time where he didn't actually have that great series, unfortunately. I think DFM actually managed to hold him a bit more accountable for once. But well, I, think... I think I think that was a good team knowing how oh, to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I'd like when you agree that was DFM game. There was, there was, well, if, I'd, I'd go, go back and watch Team 2 because the vain game from, from Honey was. I think he played it all right. It was just very sublime team very fighting hard. from DFM. It's just 
shut out Honey. What else can the team do in that game? Not very much. But outside of that, um, I mean, gentlemen, um, we need to also do, been holding off doing this for two episodes now. I've actually been holding off doing something for two episodes on the podcast. Oh, gosh. All right. Alex. Yes. Yes, Can you Lexi. go and find the, Omar, the Obama giving himself a medal meme, please? Oh, for God's sake. Where is <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't want to do this either. Where is it? I need to prepare myself. Yeah, I don't want to do this it? either. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, we do predictions here. We are planning, or at least I'm planning on trying to do something uh, for Worlds. So we will do a community Worlds prediction, because I think that would be a lot of fun. Obviously... All of us are far more interested in play-ins that uh, then we'll do groups and everything else. And we'll go off. We, we, I, I, I am potentially going to try and get in the DMs of another esports um, potentially covering brand or something. So we can try and do something with them. But we'll That's we'll cool. see how that goes on. We are going to be co-viewing uh, potentially. So we'll, we'll have to figure out that at least for Worlds Play in draw, remember. So we can maybe try and work something else with that. But um, We've been doing predictions for now two years. Um, first winner was uh, Nymera, and then it went to Sam. You won summer. You won world's prediction. You Yes, you were very smart then. Uh, I got spring. I got the MSI one. Uh, and then somehow, with a lot of competition from our community, I don't know how, but we've kept the crown between the three of us. We're very good at this, gentlemen, considering that the first two, we didn't have it. And then we've opened it up to the community and then we've kept it for another year. Like, geez, what? We're just this good at it. Is it on stream, Alex? Yes, it is. There you go. Feel well done. I initialize. Of... You are now proud. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, um, gonna... I want to take this moment to uh, thank my family. Thank you, Alex, for entering your predictions. That's uh, rough. Um, that's... <laughs> I want to thank Lexi as well for being a manager and managing his own predictions so badly, but the LJL so well. I want to thank myself for being so amazing and so great at predictions and just smarter than everyone else on the broadcast. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You boo all you want. I know what makes you cheer. <laughs> well, he will now be... At the very top, the actual, actually the best analyst ever way. on our uh, Discord server because he has done it two times. Yeah, you are the two-time champion. Um, Christ, we're gonna have to steal that away from him. Who? Wait, who? Who out of us? Like Alex, you need to, you need to up your prediction game, man. I My was pulling a lot of it from the two were of us. Very bad this split. <laughs> very, very bad. Yes. Yes, hang on, there goes my camera's defocused, he can't handle my oh. prediction majesty. Hang on, let's see if we can... Oh, refocus. are we back? No, it's just a side that I'm out of focus. Okay, now. you're out of focus now, mate. Yeah. But, uh, well done. Well done, sir. Congratulations, the two-time champion. You're back at it again. It's, uh, it's what you do. It's who you are. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're actually at the end of most of our stuff. Most of stuff, yeah. Um, we've talked about literally, actually, everything on this sheet we've actually mentioned. Um, we could go in and talk in depth if we wanted to about Rascal Jester DFM, that finals match. But I think one thing which would be kind of nice to stop in, though, is like, obviously, okay. like, now that the season's over and it's coming out to plans, um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, on Twitch, or whatever, um, I have to say, in my experience of, of casting regions or, or trying to get information to regions, which which I, I am less familiar with, and I had, I had to do that a lot for EU Masters because you know, I was familiar with NLC, but not necessarily some of the others. 
consider us your resource. If you would like to know more about the LJL, we are very, very happy to talk about anything and everything. If even if it's basic okay. questions, more in-depth ones, um, we've had a couple. We'll chat shit for hours in Discord we, if you want. Oh, yeah. As much as we do this for our own content, for our own benefit, um, we genuinely believe that the FMRI team that could make a splash this world, and we would love to help you understand a lot of the context of this team and why we do believe that and why this would be mm. very exciting if they did that. Um, we are going to put together a document for DFM like we did for MSI. For those of you who didn't see that, we put together something like a three to 5,000 word document including I think there's plans the to do two versions of it, right? There's a public facing one and a non-public facing yeah. one. Yeah, just yeah. so we can put like I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll a bit more we'll, anecdotal we'll stuff. A bit more anecdotal stuff from one that's maybe a bit more rambling and stuff. There you go, Sam. You're good. Um, hey! But yeah, so I, in terms of like our plans for worldy stuff, like we said, live viewing stuff is on the cards. We're going to find a way to do that. We might even do it from through in the other room on the sofa over there where we can have everyone in person because Ooh. technically we can kind of meet up yes. again. So we might be doing that. And also, we're going to put together the most nucleated amount of LGL knowledge that we possibly can. If you would like to contribute anything to that if you would like to have access to that if you would like to talk to us outside of that please get in touch we have all of our contact details on here on twitter in discord everything like that please come talk to us because the exciting region this year if it's not the dark horse region this year it's never going to be ladies and gentlemen and we'll have to rebuild but by the way if you're ever interested in learning about the rookies and everything guess what we've been covering academy Man. we know this region Better than most, at least that speak English. Um, we're not talking about Japanese native speakers because obviously they're way they're wicked smart, but we speak English. Mm, so yeah. we can so we can, can talk do to it us quick and smart. we can talk to them, and then by power of communication, we can share with you great, Ultron? great knowledge. <laughs> yes, no, wait, Voltron, that's American shit. Uh we stuff anime and stuff fate day zero was something by the way giga uh, yeah. uk did a really good video on the whole fate series and, and trying to explain the timeline what was that tangent lexi why, um, why I, am, I am a big uh, fate fan by the way lexi, oh my. You just... <laughs> wait, uh, it's just like the hang away where is it it's just that my camera's <laughs> focused again because i laughed too hard this is a disaster wait why do okay. I... we can switch cameras <laughs> we'll switch cameras i've got why a second I... camera that focuses as well, so Sam's just just, just yeah. bad. Um, gentlemen, we've yeah. got one last thing to do before we end this podcast out. Hit me with it. Hit me. One it's our time. LGL OU end of split power rankings. Oh yeah, we can do that. Nice. Alright, oh, we're going to do the whole Wh Ric Flair ended out on a high note, do our power rankings, and then... We'll call it quits. If, by the way, anyone, while we're doing our power rankings, if you've got any questions for us at this exact moment in time that you'd like us, this is the time. Put it in the Twitch chat while we do our power rankings. And when once we're finished, we can answer your questions. And then we're, that's going to be the end of the show, ladies and gentlemen. We've, we've covered and talked about a, way more than I thought we would, actually, quite frankly. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty happy with how this episode has gone. Nymera, this was your idea. Yes. So if you could... um. Explain the idea of these power rankings. So effectively, you know what we're talking about in terms of predictions and stuff mm. like that? It got us thinking, all right, which ones do we get right and which ones do we get horribly, horribly wrong? So yes. this is basically because we had a certain number of teams that overperformed or vastly underperformed. So we thought, okay, let's just do a fun thing, put some, because it's, it's decent content as well. Um, how about we 
go to this. And uh, now we have this here. And hopefully you should be able to get everything on here. Ooh, fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and we can go look at these teams over here. And this is the order which they finished in. And then go over towards yeah. us and think, all right, standings be damned. How good do we think these teams were? So for me, let's start it off. DFM are my number one team. I don't think there is any reason to contest this. Burning Core are very much my last place team. That one's an easy one too. These were the two easy ones, mate. So I think that we are not contesting that. No. What would you guys like to do in terms of this? Because I think that there is... A, I could argue for the rest of the list being at least one place different. So, I mean, I want to start with the first one. Sengoku should have been a sixth place team. They fucked up their run, and I completely agree with every analyst we've ever had that said TJ, uh, Sengoku Gaming probably could have been a good playoffs team I if they could have made it to that. playoffs. I think they started their run. So, just to qualify, Al, mm -hmm. are we judging this on end of split this is power at the or the, all of split power? This is end of split, coming out of week seven. Okay. Where did these teams actually end up? Because or, or basically, well, basically that, the yeah. end of their split. Because okay, yeah. this one. So you can put Sengoku there. I'm gonna hold off on Sengoku because I want to see where I put some other teams. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put Axe as a second. Oh shit! I I'm think that's Axe probably. I. Wait a moment. I need to look at this. I need to just refresh my memory very quickly on Axis because they they beat V3 in a 3-0, right? They did. They did. It was a long drawn out one but and it wasn't it. a very clean 3-0 it was and a... i think that even though the juggernaut match was was obviously fantastic from rascal jesters and solemn secret works were stunning i think that axes if they had played a best of five against rascal jester at the end of that split would have beaten rascal jester i put axes as my second place team man that would have been a banger it would have been a great series five that, great we got series. robbed of that one because dfm weren't motivated imagine if we had man. a lower bracket and we had two seeds from lgl going to worlds and it was one of those two in a best of five that would have been very fun you see Okay. I I will disagree on that because I actually think that Rascal Jester's strengths match up far too well into Axis's outside of Hoglet versus Hatchmatch, where I think Hoglet probably has the has the edge there. Mm. I just think Hatchmatch has a certain clutch factor when it comes to skirmishes in terms of being able to like pull out some mad crescent guards to disrupt engages, etc. But unfortunately I think Sol and Secret are a cut above Honey and Nemo as a duo when it comes to a best of five. So I think actually I don't think Axis win if Honey doesn't get fed. I'm I'm still trying to figure out where I want to go. But V3 on my third. Wow. Of course they are. Okay. So, alright, I'm going to really upset you now because I'm going to put V3 as fifth. That's Because fair. you know who's fourth? Sengoku. No! I think coming out of the last week, Sengoku were fourth. That means they just win one best of five, then lose. So I think yep. that's fair. I think I that's think actually that you, very I think, fair. I think you come out Let of that last week. Let me go back over season seven. Hang on. Why not season seven? Split seven. Split they're, they're, I'm they're like one... seven. I'm going to find the right they're, they're loss. Like, their, their loss to Rascal Jesters was so close and so well played. I still think that Sengoku could have come That was in. one of the better games it of was, the exactly. year. And that was why I was sat there thinking, Sengoku coming out of that last week, I think they actually were coming in very, very strong. They completely flubbed it. They obviously didn't even make playoffs. They're down here, for God's sake. But no. if you go take them into playoffs, regardless of, of win record and stuff like that, I reckon they can um, go into top four. I am going to agree with Sam. Um, CGA were my, should, should have probably been seventh, in all fairness. I, I do agree that CGA definitely... Okay. 
weren't the strongest team. Uh, and I'm going to put Hawks with... I mean, I mean, I think Hawks are a, are a very interesting one because their their fall from grace in playoffs was just a best of five, and then that, and then it was out. Um, it was a very peculiar time. Um, I and I, I don't even think it was representative of how the Hawks have played throughout the whole. I agree. Split. I agree. I thought that the Hawks were actually meant to be. I, I think that they should have been I the would, strongest lower bracket team. Yeah, and then yeah, they I they fell apart. Been Hawks there, but. Yeah, my problem is I like I, while I would love to agree with Al on the Sengoku spicy take, I think one game does not a good team make, and I also I'm looking back at their week seven game versus DFM where they got giga stomped. But it's DFM, Sam. Sure. Yeah. But, but but I've also seen people like Axes who were significantly higher up that list as well put up very good fights against them, and there is also like there's 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 being defeated by DFM, and then there is. Oh gods, it's all gone wrong. Oh gods, this stuff. I mean, I put gang. Rascal okay, Jester four. So. Like getting destroyed by Unipon Six. Oh god, you know, like like there's bad and then there's crash, like running into a wall. Bad. I mean, I'm also playing Rascal Jester's fourth, even though they could never get fourth because they physically couldn't get lower than third. That's true. That's true. So, do you think that in a best of five, V three beat Rascal Jester's? Basically, yeah, I, I think I genuinely do Ooh. believe that. I genuinely do believe that. The bot lanes have so, both okay. All right, so I, I can test that because if we're going off of the very end of split, you have to play with substitutes for V3, and it's either Unica or Yujo. And I think that with those, in, I want Unica, I want Unica in because man, that guy Unica has been good. stomping so hard. Man is on a heater. If I could get a Unica now at the end of Academy. Oh, I want Rascal Jester every day. Unica will smash Hatchimecha now. Like, no joke. This guy is legit one so hot after so let's, Academy. So let's, av let's average this out, right? But I don't get that. I don't get the Academy Unica heat coming in. So it's a bit so, different. So on average, we have DFM. And then yes. Axes actually on average are our second place team. Rascal Jester's on average are our third. Yep. Fourth. B3? Uh, yes, B3. Then it's... Sengoku? Where are the Hawks? Hawks, we got two votes for 5th and then one for 6th. Sengoku... Oh, that's true, that's true, yeah. Hawks? Yeah, it's just the opposite way around. Let's... CJ. Yeah. And cool. Okay, so... With our, like... Um, so, average... Not a huge amount, actually, is... Actually, Switched not up. changed that much. So DFM confirmed. Axes over Rascal Jesters. That's a change. V3 coming in as four. Exactly where that they is were. Six, where they were. It's just a change between these two. Hawks are fifth, sixth anyway. Sengoku making it over CGA. So effectively, just some minor changes about that. That was okay. I, I, I think the average kind of. I just thought it'd be it an in interesting. More sensible. Yeah, I thought it'd be an interesting. I'm gonna switch it over back over to our faces now, but I thought that was an interesting. I think they're both dirty inches, and I can see why I got the predictions crown. I I thought that was an interesting mind game to do, just to finish things off, because again, it's a way for us to look back at the end of the split and do something a little bit more involved and something more visually interesting on screen as well. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed our little look in at the region, because part of this has also just been like, all right, okay. What's the region outside of DFM? Because everyone is going to be talking about DFM from this point forward. Let's go have one last check-in with these teams. See, this is the average, and I am above average, so this makes a lot more sense. Screw off, Sam. <laughs>
right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I've, I've I mean, to... mate, you just literally put down the actual standings except for Sengoku and CGA. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, why uh, do you think that is? Because I got them right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the LJL OU podcast. You can find this podcast on all audio streaming platforms, YouTube and Twitch, where we stream this podcast live. If you are interested in finding any on all of our social medias below each of our faces, but if you're on the audio only version, it's at mass one for myself. It's at initialize with a one, or you can check the show notes for that one as well. And it's at nightmare. You me. can also find the LJL OU on all um, on all social platforms as well of LJL OU or LJL English. Guaranteed, you will be one of the top ones that will come up in any and all of your search results. When in doubt, there is also a link tree and the show notes down there if you're not sure as well. But gentlemen, that brings us to the end of episode 31 of the podcast. LGL gonna do well at Worlds? Yes. Yeah? Hopefully so. Hopefully so. We'll, we'll find out relatively soon. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media, and we're done! Woo! LGL out! We done! <laughs> <laughs>